0: Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Hey, welcome. Welcome all the new people and I met a couple of you guys second time here. Um, did you guys love Dylan Long last week? And and Lindy and stuff? Man, they were amazing. My kids chose to hang out today. Problem is, they can't go back in there once they're out, so <laughs> we'll see if they choose that next week. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Uh, can we pray? I just, you know me, I never really recover from worship. Father, we thank you for what you're doing here. We thank you for your presence. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for that. The aim, God, every, on Sunday mornings is not to put people in seats, but to make people sons and daughters. Father, I pray this morning that we would, we would be matured even more into sons and daughters. Fearless. ha, Fearless, God. Fearless, God. Yeah, God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just lead people uh, in the word today. I pray that, we, that your Holy Spirit would speak to everybody here, God. And Father, would you just help me just do what do what you ask me to do. Amen. Amen. Whew. Man, I, I was all excited. People are getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was an awesome testimony. I got. Come on. How many of you guys? Again, I mean, you felt like you got something different today. Like I, like something changed today. Raise your hand. Come on, that's so cool. I, I get, I get. You guys don't see us, but I get text messages or emails at least one once or twice a week. I know more is happening than that. But I got an email like, like last Sunday after church and they said, I brought my family for the first time and um, I cried and cried the whole service. And I'm like, that's why we're doing it. That's why we're doing it. Like people are going to get healed. Like a woman over, the, over here got healed today. And, uh, but I, I love to see a, a life that's so impacted that they just, their life changed from one morning only. So that's why you guys are here too, because you're helping, okay? Everybody say this, I'm helping. Say, I'm part of this. Part of this. Amen. Um, I was hoping to challenge myself with a short word this morning. Um, it's a challenge for me, but I think we can, I, I can do it. I, just, I, don't, I don't have a lot to say, but I did want to say, you guys know what day it is? It's St. Patrick's Day. I know, Josie you nailed it. I don't have any green. I had a camouflage shirt, but my wife said I couldn't preach in that. Um, <laughs> um, but I wanted to, I wanted to, I, I actually, if you guys know me a little bit, I, I love revival history. I think it's really important that you know, like what, what we've already seen historically. I think a lot of times the church is like, what's, oh my gosh, the people, God is healing now. And it's like, "No, nah, he's been doing it for a while actually. And he's like, yeah, but not just in the Bible. Like, yeah, I know. I know. in, in other, in other times of history, like, do you know like St. Francis of Assisi was, was known to talk to animals and commu- like, like Jesus talked to fish, right? Like he walked up and pulled a coin out of his fish. Well, how did the fish know to come? Except he called, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know for sure if he talks to fish, but, but I, I just, I love that, that our history is filled with mystics that sought the Lord. There's people that have not eaten for 400 days. There's people that are, that are that literally, there's just mystical experiences. And I just, I, you know, I read, about, I read about the revivals, like the Welsh revival I talked about two weeks ago, or, or John G. Lake, or John, John Alexander Dowie, or Amy Simple McPherson, or um, Mariah Woodworth-Edder, the all these names. If you've never heard of them, can I just encourage you to like Google it and just Wikipedia or get the book God's Generals? If you don't know what we've already done, you're gonna be striving to think we're like pioneering something new. Like, I really believe we have not yet made it back to Acts 2. Like, in some ways, I think we're doing more than that in some ways. But I remember there was a well-known prophet that said we've seen 10% of what we've seen on Acts 2. 10%. And I I just know, like, stadiums would be f- like the, the brothels and the, the, the jails in Wales were, were emptied out because people wanted to go see God move in a stadium. Prayer meetings would last till one, two in the morning, and everybody in the town went to them. Newspapers were, were filled with testimonies of people getting saved, healed, and delivered. So like, I'm, I, I don't know that we're quite back to that place yet, but, but I think if we keep looking at what God's done, we're going to get there. Amen. Um, otherwise, we're, we're left with Fox News and CNN. No. And was <laughs> like, ooh. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So I want, I want to talk a little bit about um, St. Patrick. How many guys, How many guys know very little about who St. Patrick was? Raise your hand. And from what I've read, he's, he was actually never sainted, it was just a, a, an honorary title, but I could be wrong on that. But that's what I read. I know a little bit about him, just what I've been reading. But here's here's a couple facts. I think it'd be fun, as we hear this stuff, like just recognize, like we're celebrating this man of God. Like I know some people just think it's an opportunity to drink and fill a river with green stuff, but 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 I'm I'm gunning for like the testimony of what God did through this man. So he he was born in um, where was he born? He was actually born in Ireland. Where are I? Oh, I had this written down. Where's that part? He was born in England, right? Okay. He was born in England. He was at age 16. His dad was a um, was a, a man of God. At age 16, he was kidnapped by a bunch of barbarians and taken um, to, to Scotland. And for six years, oh, so he was kept in captivity. 16 years old. He gets captured, right? Trafficking. I don't know. Maybe that's still happening now. He was taken. And then he had, during that six years, he actually grew close to God. And at the end of the six years, at some point in that six years, he had a vision. And in that vision, there was an angel that came to him and showed him how to escape. Now, you got to remember, he was 200 miles inland, from where, they, where, they, where he was taken. And so he literally was led 200 miles to the beachhead where a British ship was docked. Now there was no you know Googling that. There was no maps function. There was no GPS. He literally was led by God to a British ship where he boarded it and went back home. While he was there, he continued to grow in his faith and he realized that he was burning for the souls of the captors that had him. And so, from there, it's kind of a quick rundown. I'm probably missing tons of really good stuff. But basically, he decided to get um, to become a priest and return to Ireland, where his, where the people were. He was convert um, while he was back in Ireland. Here's some of the things that he did. You guys ready for this? He raised 33 people from the dead. Wow. I know they don't teach you that on St. Patrick's Day, do you? It's not like here's a beer and the history of St. Patrick. I, I feel like a lot of the church is still irritated that we say that God would heal one person from the dead right now. But but history, like here's a quote from um, from what he actually said. It was one of his journals. For the blind and the lame, the deaf and the dumb, the palsy, the lunatic, the leprous, the epileptic, all who labored under any disease did he in the name of the Holy Trinity restore unto the power of their limbs and unto, unto entire health. So he moved and just tons of healing. Like that was part of, part of what he, he delivered, part of his ministry. And in these good deeds was he daily practiced, meaning he daily did this stuff. Okay, 30, here, here's another, here's the next part. 30 and three dead men, some of whom had been many years buried, did this great reviver raise from the dead. And above we have more fully recorded. Isn't that Amazing. Like, there's testimonies of other people that worked around him, that were around him at that time in different, different books and stuff. I didn't want really to get too deep into it, but I just want to let you know, like, that's what happened. He, he actually had, he was, um, he, was, uh, he said, they said in the book, they said they converted the king of Ireland and his people followed. And, you know, Chris was saying this morning that he actually raised the king's son from the dead. And so the uh, the king gave his life to Jesus. That's a good idea. He says that he was, uh, he, in Patrick's um, 29 years of ministry, he baptized over 120,000 Irishmen and planted 300 churches. Wow. Anyway, we can all just say, wow, <laughs> that's amazing, right? Like, come on. So St. Patrick's Day, some people even say that they use the, uh, the three-leaf clover, um, as a gospel, uh, as, as a track, almost like, <laughs> hey, let me tell you about the Trinity, and he teach people about the God through the Trinity. So there's some unsubstantiated stuff out there, so I'm not gonna spread rumors. But anyway, I, there's part of that that I think I wanted to grab a hold of that I want to I want to share. And... <laughs> um, <laughs> hold on a second. Okay, parenting's not convenient. If anybody told you parenting's convenient, it's not. All right. <laughs> um, I want to talk about breakthrough today. I want to talk about breakthrough and authority. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's a complicated message, so I won't tell you what time I'm gonna shoot for, but just know I'm gonna try to keep moving. Um, I feel like there's a simplicity in the message that I want to share today. Um, but I, I love that St. Patrick was, was kidnapped. I don't love that he was kidnapped. I love that in the midst of a, of a difficult situation, he found a way to endure. And not just endure. Like It would be cool if he's like he got away with a vision and he made it to the ship and he lived happily ever after. Like, that would be pretty cool, right? Like, I think, let's pray that, that in the sex trafficking industry that, that captives are having encounters with angels and they're teaching them how to, how to get out and be released. Like, that would be amazing, right? There's the heavenly man, Brother Yun. He actually had an encounter in a Chinese jail and he led him right out the front doors of the prison, um, right in plain daylight. Um, so I believe this happens. But I, I love the idea that we're going to walk through a trial and we're going to come out on the other side with more hope than we went in with, and that I think that honestly a lot of people I know a friend of mine that uh, was in prison for, um, for for a few things, and he met Christ in prison by a large black man that he he later called Glow Man because he was glowing with the presence of God, and it was in prison that he actually really grabbed a hold of the faith, and he got out. Ever since he's been burning. But it's in these trials, it's in the the hard places that I believe that God gives us the most authority on the other side. And and you're like, oh, Jesse, but I know that. But I'm going to remind you because we need reminding. Some of the simplest things, the gospel is one of the best reminders we could have. Um, We could preach the gospel every Sunday and we would probably all live more powerful lives because of it. gospel junkies up here. I wanted to, um, I want to start with Psalms 13. By the way, if you guys want to get loud and noisy and shout amens, like I love interaction. um, It's just as you feel led, okay? As you feel led. Don't, Don't let these guys have all the fun. All right. Okay. So Psalms 13 is a a, a psalm of David, and in 1 Samuel, um, David is anointed king by Samuel. Uh, Of course, he doesn't take position for years later. Um, Remember, David then kills Goliath, big giant. Sorry if if you're new to the Bible, this isn't going to be the best history for you, but um, go ahead and read about David. David gets anointed by Samuel. He gets destined to be king, anointed for it. And then he ends up finding himself in the front lines of a battle that his brothers were fighting and King Saul was head over, but they're all scared and petrified. So King David walks on the scene with a couple sandwiches for his brothers, right? Maybe that's the current like Uber Eats or something, like somebody get some sandwiches, um, some Grubhub there, I don't know. Um, and so... And so David goes in the scene, he kills Goliath, which is awesome, right? And then they start, they start singing, right? David, you know, Saul, he killed his thousands, David killed his ten thousands. So Saul gets really jealous of this man, David, and there's a point in the story where he invites David back to the castle, and Saul is literally de- demonized. He's demonized, and you know what's funny, Saul was anointed to be king, And yet he let jealousy come in. He let insecurities come in. And so what happened was he created a foothold for the devil. He created a foothold for um, really bad beliefs. And I think that's why, I think that's where he ended up, where he was at. I think Saul could have ended well. I think we got to recognize that Saul could have ended really well if he had just had better beliefs about himself. If he had just believed, I'm God's anointed, and king, and David will be king one day, and I will get to sow into this man's life, but he, he got jealous, and he got comparative, and he got insecure because he didn't know who he was. It actually says when Saul was, was there for Samuel to anoint king, he was hiding with the luggage. And so we know even at the beginning of his, of his kingship, he was already a little bit insecure. Side note, rabbit trail. But so, so, so here's another thing. Let's always believe in people. Yeah. Imagine if Saul had somebody that believed in him, and that that Saul actually valued that person's um, input into their life. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you guys. If you have input, if you have if you if somebody sees you as a mentor in their life, can I just remind you to keep sowing belief into those people? Yeah. Whoever, whoever you're mentoring, you're discipling, don't underestimate the power of just sowing into their life. There's a few of you guys here, you do an incredible job of that. Um, okay, so David then, he's in the room and he's playing for Saul because David's playing and music. Um, his worship would actually calm the demons. Uh, but Saul just got overcame and he took a spear and threw it at David, right? How about that? You know, we don't, thank goodness we don't throw spears at our worship team. Um <laughs> We don't allow spears in this church. Um. <laughs> What's that? The occasional flagger, yes, but spears, no. So, <laughs> imagine we start throwing flags on stage. You're like, get off the stage. <laughs> That's not anointed. Get off, no, I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, I, I, this is how I am. Um, <laughs> so, so David then goes on the run and he recognizes that everybody's against him. Okay, everybody's against him. So he goes on the run and he finds a cave to hide out in. And it's in this cave is when Psalm 13 takes place. You ready? So David, is, everything's against him. He's not yet king. So he's not like this great man of God. He's just killed one giant. And he had no followers at this point. So he says, "How long, O Lord?" It's 13.1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? That's a that's I mean, that, that kind of brought the room down, didn't it? That's bad theology. <laughs> well, here's the deal. See, David was just in a moment of just feeling like a victim. He was on the run, his his beliefs were low. Like he just didn't know who he was. But you gotta remember, this is the same David that a few years later. This is the same David that said, Where could I go that you are not with me? Could I could I descend into the depths of Sheol and there you are? Like Listen, even in the Old Testament, there was no getting away from God's presence. This is the same David that had an understanding well before his time that he was a priest and a king. That he literally, he 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 would worship in the holies of holies when nobody was allowed to do that. Now we get to do that, right? It says, boldly come before the throne of grace. See, nobody was allowed to do that back then except David. He just knew how much God loved him. And so he walked right in. And yet, the same David, years before he was going through all that, he said, He's he's crying out, Oh Lord, why have you, you know what why, have you, why are you forsaking me? He says, Consider and answer me, O Lord my God, and lighten my eyes, or I will sleep the death, the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my adversaries will rejoice. When I am shaken, so he's in the middle of this thing. He's chock full in the middle of one of the worst things you could probably have. Some of us we lose our job. We we you know I don't know maybe we we don't get the right we don't get enough sales that week and at, at our job or or maybe a relationship goes bad. This guy had a spear thrown at him from his mentor, his father in the faith, and he was driven into a cave by himself. And he says, "So this is where he's at." Here's what I love, though. I love that David's honest. I love that David's heart is just pouring out off the pages of the Bible. Like God even allows us this kind of honesty with him. So if you're going through a trial and you're just like, I don't know what to do, feel free to be really raw and honest with God. I would submit to you until you are honest with him. Your breakthrough will be delayed. I'm not saying it can't come or it won't come because there's tons of grace for breakthrough. I don't care how we get it. Sometimes God has to break in with a storm and pull you out of the cave. But for David, he was in the cave pouring his heart out to God. And I I think it had to do with because deep down David knew of of this intimacy with, with the father because David would walk with him in the fields as he shepherded sheep and wrote his songs. And he was still from the beginning a man after God's heart. And so the honesty, I want to encourage you, be honest with the Father. You can yell, shout at him all you want. At the end of the day, though, these are how we're feeling. It's not always true. So it's not true that he forgot David, right? Chris shouted, that's not even good theology. It's not. It's not good theology. If you say, well, I just think God's forgotten me. What am I going to tell you? You're probably right. I mean, everybody else he can't forget because he doesn't have the capacity to forget his sons and daughters. But I think you're different. You know, it's like, of course not. But I think I love the realness that he brought in this. And man, I don't want a move of God where we're a bunch of robots going, praise God, hallelujah, keep trucking. Like, I don't want that. I want a real revival where there's a revival of our emotions and our hearts. And if you're like, if you've never cried, like literally wept, because of of just sorrow for something or someone, then, then you need to get in touch with the God that weeps. Because just because you're having a hard time going through something and you feel like he's forgotten you doesn't mean that's your destiny. It doesn't even mean that's where you're supposed to be right now. It just means where you found yourself. And sometimes we find ourselves in some really rough situations. Should like, I keep reading? Come on, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. All right, all right. So and he says, verse five, and everybody say, but. Or bottom. Yeah, we don't say, we don't say but in our house. We say bottom. Bottom, I have trusted in your loving kindness. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus was a joyful man. It says, but I have trusted in your loving kindness. Let's just say that. But I have trusted in your loving kindness. Just say loving kindness. Let it, just let loving kindness sink into you right now. His loving kindness. This is what David grabbed a hold of. His loving kindness. Woo! His goodness, his kindness. Oh, it's his loving kindness. Isn't it wonderful in the New Testament it says that we are drawn to repentance, right? Because of his kindness. See, David got it back then. Verse five, but I have trusted in your loving kindness and my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Do you think David felt saved right then? No, he's still in the cave. Listen, well, I'll keep going. There's one last verse. And I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. My heart shall, over, shall rejoice in your salvation and I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Listen, I'd love to say that the Lord showed up in a vision. Oh, <laughs> Can you open this for me? I can't do it. I'd love to say that the Lord showed up like he did with St. Patrick in a vision, and he led him out of the cave and into victory to his throne, right? Where he displaced Saul and lived. No, he did not do that. David stayed in that cave. In fact, David was, was joined by other victims, in fact, David attracted the worst of the worst of society. <laughs> Misery loves company. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, But David, literally, even in that, didn't get his rescue. St. Patrick was six years into his captivity before God showed up that way. Six years. How many of you guys are captive in your jobs right now? I'm just kidding. All right. Six years, stayed, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so, but David, so I love, I want to start with this, with this psalm because I love that, that David out of this, how did he get out of this mindset that I'm a victim and it's hopeless? Is he entrusted in God's loving kindness? I know who you are and you're the God that loves me no matter what. That I can, my heart, and listen, he's declaring this before he feels it. Right? If he had felt it, he wouldn't have wrote the first three four verses, all right? It says, "My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. that's yet to come. And I will sing to the Lord because and this is key, because He has dealt with me bountifully. He has. What is that? That's past tense. He's drawing on the testimony, the the history that he's had with the father. He's like, he's like, oh, I stood in front of a giant one time and I was, I was way outnumbered. But I remember how you delivered me when all the odds were against me. And you have dealt bountifully with me abundantly. Here's, Holy Spirit. He, he, here's, here's what I want to grab a hold of, and then I'm going to keep going a little bit longer. I believe that if, if, if we get rescued from our trials, rescued mean like he, like he comes in before we fully get to have the belief breakthrough, before we actually start believing truth, before we actually walking out the trial that we have. I, I, I firmly believe we will not mature as sons and daughters. If God, is, if God comes in every time that we have a trial in our, in our world, a, a moment of victimization, a moment of like, ah, oh, it's hopeless, God. If he comes in and says, oh, I'm so sorry, it's hopeless, let me give you that car or let me give you that house. If he comes in and rescues us, I firmly believe that we will become um, anemic, powerless Christians. I'm trying to get to James 1. So if you're there, oh, here we go. Hey God oh no no here's what I believe I believe authority comes on the other side of breakthrough I think it comes in the process of breakthrough but it but it, but it absolutely it, it can't it doesn't come through rescue A good friend of mine used to tell me he says Jesse one thing I've learned about everything one thing I've learned is that that there is no rescue coming. And at first I was like, huh? but isn't Jesus the rescuer? Like all of our kids' Bibles say, the great rescue. <laughs> oh, oh, the, the great rescue, we're like, oh, the, the, it's the love story. He's rescuing us. And he is rescuing you. But let me, if you're here and you have Jesus in your heart, You've been Rescue. you've been rescued. So I love this idea that rescue's not coming. It's already come. See David didn't didn't lay down and let his circumstances dictate what his future was going to be. David actually stood up, recognized that he was anointed for a group of downtrodden, victimized, you know, powerless people that he later raised into his mighty men. And so David took hold of his circumstances, found the breakthrough, and he won. And I believe that it's, it's when we take a hold of our circumstances and we walk them out with truth, with beliefs, with hope that we get our authority. Yeah. See, how many of you guys want more authority? What I mean by authority is, before you raise your hand, I mean authority in the sense of that you get to speak to things and they change. That you speak to the mountain and it's thrown into the ocean. That you, you, can actually dec- um, you can actually speak that which is not as though it was and it starts to happen. That we pray for the sick and they recover every time. That's what I mean by authority. That we, 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 we tell the devil to flee and he flees. That's the authority. How many of you guys had to repeat Like, Lord, just, I thank you for breakthrough. I thank you for breakthrough. I thank you for breakthrough. And that's okay. Process is beautiful. But man, I am, honestly, I am after that I only have to say it once. (laughs) I am thankful that I only have to ask for something once and it happens. I'm gonna read James, uh, verse two. He says, consider it, Chapter one, verse two, consider it all joy. Everybody say joy. joy. Come on, don't gloss over that word. It's real. Joy, this is what we're talking about, the joy. I think if you're, in, if you're not in joy, your level of authority is probably diminished because I think joy has a, has a fearlessness about it because to be joyful, you have to let go of fear. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. <laughs> now, you have permission when someone comes to you for prayer and says, hey, brother, I just need prayer. My family life is in, it's in a trial, it's just it's in a disarray right now. You have you have my permission to say, come on, that's wonderful. Oh, let's consider that joy. We don't think that way, but that's what it's saying. How many of you guys have told somebody that? Brother, that's wonderful. You're addicted to smoking? Praise the Lord. There is joy in this trial. But we're we're a little afraid because we're not sure we have the authority to back it up. Hallelujah. Come on. All right. Consider it joy when you encounter various trials. It doesn't even say your own trials. I'm just going to be real. It could be somebody else's trial. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. How many of you guys have a, somebody else's trial is causing you um, some trouble? Like, my, I honestly, my, my, my dad is sick right now, and I encourage you to pray for him. He needs prayer. He needs to get healed right now. And honestly, like, it makes my heart hurt that he's not being healed when I pray for him. Something's happening. I just don't see it yet. But, but even that, it says knowing that the, even somebody else's trial is the testing of my faith. It, and it produce, So I'm going to read it again, so I don't break this up. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Another another translation says steadfastness, endurance, steadfastness. Like that's what we're after as mature Christians. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in what nothing. nothing. This is the word of God. It sounds too good to be true half the time. I get it. I get it. But this is truth. And this is what our compass is set to. Don't let your experiences make the word less powerful to you. Keep reading it until it becomes more powerful than your experience. And let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Actually, the word perfect also translates to mature. So I'm after mature sons and daughters because I believe it's a mature son and daughter that changes the world. It's not a bunch of immature sons and daughters that are drinking milk every day and that should, that should be a father. Instead, they're sitting under, under, under like old teaching and haven't actually graduated yet. So this is maturity. If you want to get, if you get victor, uh, victory in your circumstances, we have to mature. And then I'm gonna we'll go down to verse 12. And it says this, it says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial." blessed. I've heard it said that word blessed can be translated to happy. Happy is the man. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And it says this, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Listen, if you're in a trial, it's not because God's tempting you. It's not, I don't think it's because he's testing you. I think this is just what relationship with God looks like. I think our trials are not so much trials, it's just the next stage of your maturity. So switch your thinking. When you're in the midst of a battle or a trial, don't go into this thing of like, oh, Lord, why am I in this cave? Why have you forgotten me? Just be like, God, where is this gonna mature me? I love what Graham Cook, he said, he, the question he would ask God all the time, he says, God, what do I need to learn now that I can't learn any other time? If you're in the middle of something, ask that question, God, <laughs> this is pretty ugly, <laughs> But what do you want to teach me now that you couldn't teach me outside of this place? What did I do there? I connected you to the Father. Don't listen to preachers. Let let what they say lead you to the Father, because that's the relationship that's going to get you through everything. A good message won't get you through a trial. So God didn't tempt us, all this stuff, but he, but he says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. That when, he, when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my brother, my beloved brethren, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation, there's no shifting of shadow. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. Listen, I think some of, the, some of you guys might say like, well, I'm in this mess because of, I disobeyed God. All right then. Maybe you are. Sometimes we we don't listen to him. It's weird and it's not normal because we have a we have a new creation that actually chooses him. But sometimes we do silly things and we go against our nature and we choose something else. Listen, if you're in a position that, you know, you've kind of like, ah, I'm kind of in this mess. I, I chose this. That's okay. Even in that, he says, every good and perfect gift is from me. And so I believe that even in the trials, which he did not tempt us into trials, he's sitting there cheering us on. And even when you make a bad decision, he's still cheering you on. Because he says, every good, even if you're in a trial, even if your lust is taking you this way, every good and perfect gift is from me. And he says this later. He says In a different chapter, he says, he says um, all things. Oh, God, it just, it just broke me. Oh, I'm just, the scripture just eluded me. Sometimes it just comes to me. Sometimes it doesn't. All things work together for, together for those who, are, who love him and are called according to Spirit. So listen, even if you're outside of where the best plan that he had for you, you're still in Christ. You're still in him. And, he, and when you're in Christ, all things work together. I was in the car yesterday and I was I was going through a trial. How many of you guys? How many of you guys are in a trial right now? Just raise your hand. Like some kind of trial. Right? Cool. And I'm driving and I'm and I'm feeling like my, my my lunch is getting eaten, you know? Like it's eating my lunch. It's 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 getting the best of me. And um and I'm driving there and I just realized honey, we need to pray. We need to pray. This is ridiculous. I have not prayed in a while about this. I just need to stop and pray. So I'm driving. We just start praying. And what happened was, instantly my thoughts and my mind went to him instead of my issue. Oh, and so I started praying. I started thinking about him. And I started thinking about, thank you, Father. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just know that this is going work, to work out for good. How can you be afraid when you know that it's going to work out for good? Then it switches you from being afraid of the outcome to being curious about the outcome. I'm just curious how this is going to work out. I'm just curious. This, wow, this is, this is, you know, my baby didn't show up. <laughs> you know, this, the car stopped working, whatever. Like, I'm just curious how this is going to work out. And you might have made a couple wrong turns in the process, but it's still going to work out. Everybody says, it's going to work out. Say, it's going to work out for me. Out. Say, all things work together. For me, because I love him, because I'm called, because I'm a saint. Amen. Come on. It's true. It's true. So in the moment I I stopped and I started praying, and then this thought came into my head. I don't know if I've thought it before. I might have. This thought of, God, I need to declare this. I need to declare that my circumstances bow to Jesus in me. I just, that's a good word, God. I'm just driving. I'm like, it wasn't that short, was it? Okay, sorry. (laughs) I just get going. I'm just so filled with faith for you guys, for us, for our community. And so I had this thought that all circumstances have to bow to the Christ in me. Listen, if you just want to say circumstances bow to me, I'm okay with that. I'm okay if you say me. It's because Christ is in you and you're in Christ and I'm not sure where you start and he ends, okay? So whatever you want to say, but circumstances have to bow to you. But they won't start bowing to you until you start walking through with perseverance, until you start walking with faith and trust. This is why that prayer right before ignited that declaration, because I was out of faith, I was in fear. I was, I was actually a, a product of fear in that moment. I had anxiety. My, I don't know what was going on physiologically, but I wasn't having joy. And it was in that moment, I'm like, whoa, my circumstances asked to bow to me. That's a great word. And the Holy Spirit quickened that in me. And I was like, yes. And I was so good the rest of the day. We're running short on time, but I wanna say this. So I love this, that Jesus is, is in a boat with his disciples. He's in a boat with his disciples, and, and the, the storm comes up, and, and the, the disciples quickly realize they're in the middle of a trial. And, and the Father, or Jesus, um, if they're one, I, I don't know how that works. But he, if you understand the Trinity, let me know. Um, I know what's on the internet. I'm just telling you. Like, If you fully understand what's in the Trinity, you let me know. But, but listen, the, the, Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat and the, and, and the disciples are in this trial and they're like, ah, we're going to die. And so, so they, they do what they're supposed to do. They run back to Jesus, God, and they pray, God, don't you care that we're perishing? And he wakes up and he rebukes the storm. He has authority to rebuke the storm. He didn't have to keep asking the father. He said it once and it happened. And then he says to his disciples, he says, thanks for waking me up. I took care of it. And you guys can go back to, no, he, he, he he said, you have little faith. He actually kind of kindly rebuked them. Because the normal Christian life is one that has faith and authority to command the storm to stop. There was, there was more I want to say, but I, let me just say this. And I, I know I didn't make this quote up, so don't quote me, but I love it. It says that you, have, you only have authority in the storms you can sleep in. You only have authority when you walk in peace and in faith. See, his kingdom is peace. And when you're so worried about anxieties and what might happen, what might not happen, when you're worried about all the consequences that he actually didn't talk to you about, I think there's a quote, there's, there's some, like we actually worry about 98% of the things that never happen. So quit your worrying. And do what David did. He started praising him. He started praying. I don't know, maybe it was pray, praising. I don't know what he did in that moment, but I, you see the words. And he praised God and he remembered. So Pray. If you're in the middle of a trial, pray. If you're in the middle of a trial, worship. And if you're in the middle of a trial, remember what he's done in the past. One of those will be your, your ticket. Sometimes it'll be a testimony. Sometimes it'll just be praise and it just breaks off you. Sometimes you just got to pray for this thing until you get a new perspective. Because I'll say it again, your authority does not come in the rescue. So if you're waiting to be rescued from a situation, he may rescue you because he's kind. But you're not going to walk away from that matured. And you might have to repeat it. You might have to take another lap around the desert until you enter the promised land. Because you're in the trial, whether you got yourself into there or it's just part of your path. You're in that with him. And he's going to use it to mature you, and there is authority in that. And I, for one, I, I don't, I don't, I say, Arch, I'll speak for us. I don't want our church to rely on some pastor or a worship team or whatever to get breakthrough. I would rather us just be authority-filled, faith-filled, believing believers when we walk in the room. And now we can just worship him and not worry about stuff. Can you imagine what a room full of authority-given, believing believers could do to a city that needs our help? Anyway, I'm I'm gonna end with that. I want you to stand with me. I want you to know his promise for you is yes. If you're wondering if he's going to get you through this, the answer is yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> if you're wondering if on the other side of this trial is authority, the answer is yes. If you're wondering if you can make it through this trial, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Um, I just want to worship one last time with that song we are singing. I just feel like there's an anointing on it right now. Just faithful, faithful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. So faithful you are. And faithful forever you will be. And faithful you are. And all your promises are yes and amen. Sing faithful. And faithful you are. And faithful forever you will. Come on. And faithful you are. Because all your promises are yes and amen. All your promises. And all your promises are yes and amen. One more time. And all your promises are yes and amen. One more. Let's sing this. And I will rest in your promises. My countenance is your faithfulness. And I will rest in your Promise my countenance is your faithfulness. Yeah, Father, we thank you. Give him, give him praise right now. Just give him glory. Give him glory. Give him glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just keep thanking him right now. Don't, don't disengage quite yet. Just. Just give him thanks. You had a message just shared with you. Don't let it fall to the floor. Let what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in your heart, even if it was just a portion of it, let it it just sit down in your heart. Let it become real. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I hear the Lord just say that you are, you are righteous, that righteousness reigns over your life through grace. And grace through faith, through our salvation, that we are right standing with them. Some of you guys need to know you're not sitting as bad off as you think you are, that you're righteous in the sun right now, that you have everything you need to climb out of this cave. Thank you, Father. 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 If this is you, this feels like it's might for someone here. If you feel like that you need a new truth to get out of this cave, if you need a new truth, a new belief, a new mindset, I want you to right now ask him, God, what's the belief that's going to get me out of this cave right now? What's the belief? I love my mentor, Steve Backman, says good actions don't get us out of caves. Good beliefs get us out of caves. And so switch your belief. God, what belief right now does this, this person need? Maybe you need to believe you're, you're better than you think you are at this. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I put your hand on your heart right now, and actually put your hand on your neighbor. Let's do this family style. Put your hand on your neighbor right now. I want you to say over this person next to you. Say, says, says, you're being, matured. you're being matured. Say, you're growing. You're growing. You're gonna get out of this cave. You're gonna get out of this cave. There might be another cave though. There might be another, cave. There might be another trial. There might be another trial. But you're gonna persevere. But you're gonna persevere. You're getting, you're getting out. You're gonna have a vision. You're going, to have a dream. You're going to have a dream. You're going to have an encounter yeah. with the God of gods, the King of kings. Just pray over them right now to say, God, give them fire for the situation they're in. God, give them breakthrough, God. Give them authority, Father. Just pray over the family right now. God, we thank you, Lord. Come on, God. Yeah. Yeah. Just declare the person right now, there's no limits on you. There's no no limitations on you. you. Yeah. Come on. Let's give God glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Come on. Can we have the prayer team come on up? Join the prayer team. Come on up. Sometimes there's a line for the prayer team. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. So just be joyful in line that, that you'll, you'll get a chance to get prayed for if, if there is a line. Lord, we bless everybody here. I'm thankful, God, that we get to hang out together. I just pray, go and do great things in the name of the Lord. Um, we have our Hearing from God class after this. If you've never done that, I encourage you, get just be in that class at least once. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a good week.